Okay, how's everybody doing? Good. You look bright and uh, eager today. Be turning in your Bibles to a book of uh, Ephesians chapter 6. And we'll begin there in just a moment. Get going. The title of the sermon today is Finally. And uh, you'll, you'll get that in a few minutes to understand how that all works. But um, well, it's good to see everybody. Rob and Connie uh, Cosberg are over in the uh, Glendale sector today. Reese is sick. And uh, he asked if uh, Rob would preach in his uh, absence. So Rob is over there preaching. We missed him this morning. But uh, you know, I'm sure Rob's doing a great job for them. <clears throat> In Ephesians 6, verse 10, Paul says, finally. Now, if he says finally, we've got to go backwards a little bit to understand all that he said before that, to understand what he's going to go into, right? Sort of, that's a transitionary thing. Now, let's go back and let's look at all the things that he says to the church in Ephesus now, this, he was written, writing this, by the way, when he was in jail. If you look over in chapter 6 and verse 19, he says, Pray also for me that whenever I open my mouth, words may be given me, so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. So he's in a Roman prison right now when he's writing this to the church in Ephesus. And uh, he says a lot of incredible things to them. In uh, chapter 2 and verse 8, he says, For it is by grace you've been saved through faith, and this is not from yourself, it is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Unbelievably important passage, right? We're saved by God's grace and His mercy. Look a little further on in chapter 2 there. In verse 19, he says, Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and aliens. But fellow citizens with God's people and members of God's household. What a description. That the followers of Jesus are members of God's household. We're in the family. We're on the inside. We're not on the outside. He says you're no longer on the outside. You're now on the inside. You're part of the family. Well, go on a little further in, in, uh, in chapter 3. He says a great thing in verse 7. He says, For I became a servant of this gospel. He talks about his own attitude there. He comes on down. He has this great prayer for them. And uh, beginning in verse 14, he goes on. And in and, and verse 20, let's pick that up. He says, Not to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations. Forever and ever, amen. He, he actually prays for them and, and talks about that the power of God works in the lives of His children. What a great thought. That God's power, God's ability can work through you. Well, he goes on in, in, uh, in chapter 4, says a lot of great things. Uh, he tells them how to sort of live their lives and gives them a lot of really good Advice. He talks about uh, the things that are one. In verse 4, he says there's one body and one spirit. Just as we're called to the one hope and you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all, through all, and in all. All these things he's saying as he's going through. In chapter 4, he starts getting real practical about day-to-day life. In verse 29, he says, Do not let any unwholesome talk 
come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs. Wow, what a great statement, right? That we need to say things that will be part of the solution, not part of the problem. That we can say things that would not be unwholesome, but helpful uh, in building others up according to the needs uh, that are in their life. Uh, In verse 31, he says, Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling, and slander, every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another. That's a good way to look at life, isn't it? Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. Man, if people could only do that, right? If we could only learn to forgive as we have been forgiven. He goes on in chapter 5, he gets into some really specific stuff about husbands and wives beginning in in verse 22. We're not going to read all that, but everybody who's married has read that a lot, right? Good advice, you know, how to be successful in your role as a husband, how to be successful in in your role as a wife. And he talks about that. He talks about how to be good parents, beginning in chapter 6. And a lot of good advice uh, there. Uh, Look at this in verse 4. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. And all the teenagers say, Amen Amen to that. Amen to that. Fathers or parents, don't frustrate your children. Uh, Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. He gives both the positive and the negative there, doesn't he? He says, don't, you know, don't treat your children like this, but try to treat your children like this. And so all these things have gone on. All this advice, all this theology, all these things that they need to be aware of. And then chapter 6, verse 10, finally. In other words, hey, up. One more thing. This is important. Oh, I almost forgot this. One more thing. Now, where is he writing this from? A Roman prison. And look at the analogy he makes here. You can almost see what's going on with Paul as he's in a prison, a Roman prison, and he's looking at the soldiers that are taking care of him in the prison or watching him, guarding him in the prison. He says, finally be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you've done everything, to stand. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one, and take up the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions for all kinds, with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. So you can almost see the, what's going on here. He's writing this. He's concerned about them. He says, I want you to make sure that you understand that your, your battle, your difficulty in life, the fight you have in life is not against people. It's ultimately against your spiritual opponent, Satan. 
And he says, we got to be aware of his schemes. The scheming of Satan to try to trip up and mess up people's lives. And then he goes into this talking about the armor of God. And he lists six different pieces of the armor. He talks about the belt, the breastplate, the shoes. That, that, he doesn't actually say shoes, but he says, uh, he says uh, what, how's he put that? And your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. That's talking about shoes. So the belt, the breastplate, the shoes, the shield, the helmet, and the sword. And these pieces in the, the equipment that these Roman shoulders, soldiers would have been wearing, he makes a spiritual analogy to them. The belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the shoes uh, that uh, are the readiness or the eagerness brought on by the gospel. The shield of faith, the helmet of salvation or of the helmet of, of confidence or of security. All those things sort of caught up in that idea of salvation. And the sword of the Spirit, which he says, is the Word of God. And I think it's very interesting that he says all these things, and then he says, and, in verse 18. And. He said, yeah, 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 this piece, that piece, this piece, that piece. Got to be aware of all these things. And, one more thing, one more thing. And pray in the Spirit in all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. Now we're going to end our time here together today with prayer. And you're going to pray with someone that you're seated next to. So, you know, if, uh, if you want to move right now. <laughs> no, 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 you got to stay where you're at. Don't move anywhere. But I'm going to, I'm going to finish uh, soon enough so that we can have like five or ten minutes at the end for us to pray. But he has these six different things that he says, hey, it's really important that you have these pieces of armor on you. Now, you know, you, you think it is pretty much of an obvious thing. Why does a soldier wear all these things? Really from their, their feet all the way up through uh, their head. Why do they wear these things? To protect them. That all of them are important. You know, the shoes. You know, if you don't have good shoes, it's going to be hard to be a soldier. Right? You've got to have good shoes. You've got to have all, the, the helmet of salvation. You can imagine how important it is to have a helmet on in a battle type situation. How important it is to have a sword. How would you like to be in a battle and have no sword? Uh, that'd be a little bit of a, a moment, wouldn't it? Uh-oh, here I am. <laughs> you, you know, you need to have that sword. And he talks about the belt and, and, and the breastplate. Obviously, the breastplate is tremendously important because it, it, it covers all the major organs of the, of the body and all that. Now, here's the thing. For our time today, we don't really have time to do all six of these. So I'm going to leave it up to you which three that you want me to hear make comment on. You got six. Which ones do you want to hear about? Want to hear about the breastplate of righteousness? The shield of faith, someone said. You want to hear about the shoes? 
Okay, we'll go, we'll go, uh, I didn't hear anybody say belt. So, someone said belt over here? Hey, did you guys notice today when, when uh, Carlos was leading songs, he got confused? I, I actually saw what happened. He was leading the song and he looked down to his new bride, Erica, and he got distracted. I couldn't believe it. I just happened to be looking at him when he did that. He looked at Erica and, and, and he froze. And then, then he totally lost where he was in the song and uh, all of that. Pretty good stuff right there. Okay, we're going to do the belt, the shoes, and the sword. The belt, the shoes, and the sword. Okay, the belt of truth. The belt of truth. Now the belt that he was talking about, I'm going to say a term here, many of you may not know what I'm talking about, but it's a little bit more like a girdle. Do, 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 we, do, I, do you know what a girdle is? I know people don't wear girdles anymore. Uh, spanks. Uh, they're the spanks of truth. Uh, <laughs> but, but the belt, the belt obviously holds everything in place. Uh, particularly, you know, sort of the, the sheaves that would have gone down his, uh, his legs and, and the breastplate of righteousness is sort of holding everything together there. Uh, we can imagine that because we wear a belt and we're familiar with the idea that, you know, you, you put on your shirt, you put on your pants, you put on your belt and it sort of holds everything uh, together, if you know what I'm saying. The belt of truth. Now, these are qualities he's talking about for the most part in people's lives. He's looking at them and He's saying, how are you going to... See, He's talking about Satan here. He says, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Our battle is not against people. It is against the schemes, the rulers, the authorities, the powers of this dark world, blah, blah, blah. And He goes on stuff. Therefore, put on the full armor of God. And the first thing He says is the belt of truth. I want to ask you something and you answer it in your own heart and mind. Are you a person... That is truthful. When people ask you something, do you tell the truth? That's one of the biggest things, raising our children when they were young children. you got to tell the truth. Are you a person that is committed to the truth? That you're honest. Now, sometimes we're not honest at a very simple level. You know, someone says, how you doing? Great. Well, that was a big fat lie. You're not doing great. you got all kinds of things in your life that you're not doing well at or you're very concerned about or you're scared about and those kind of things. You know, we are conditioned sometimes to always put ourselves in a better light or in a positive light. You know, sometimes we'd be better off Saying, well, you know, everything isn't great. Now, don't run, you know, too far with that. Because sometimes when people say, how you doing? They don't really need or want an explanation of everything going on in your life. You know, uh, and, and if you find yourself always being negative, 
you probably better think that out a little bit too, you know. Let's think of a different way to answer this so I'm not always, you know, sharing about my doctor's appointment or whatever uh, that, that, that's going on uh, in, in our life. But this idea of being truthful, this idea of being a person of the truth, this idea of being a trustworthy person that people can trust you to be honest and to be trustworthy is a big thing. It does hold our life together. Truthfulness is, is a very important component of any successful relationship. I mean, you don't want to be a, a friend with someone that is lying to you all the time, do you? You don't want to be a, a, a friend with someone that you can't believe will tell you the truth. So truthfulness, is, it, it is a belt. It, it, it does hold the whole thing together, if you know what I'm saying. I'll hold your finger there in Ephesians. We'll do this with these three things. We'll look over to another passage. Look over to Psalm 15. Great passage about this. Psalm 15. Psalm 15, verse 1. Lord, who may dwell in your sanctuary? Who may live in your holy hill? He whose walk is blameless, he who does what is righteous, who speaks the truth from his heart, and has no slander in his tongue, but does his neighbor no wrong, and cast all slur on his fellow man, who despises a vile man, but honors those who fear the Lord, who keeps his oath even when it hurts who lends his money without usury and does not accept the bribe against the innocent. He who does these things will never be shaken. I love the way that is said there in verse 4. Who keeps his oath even when it hurts. It is important. It is vital. If you are going to be a man or a woman of God, you've got to be a person of the truth. Even if it hurts. Even if it's embarrassing. You've got to be honest about where you're at, what's going on in your life. You've got to have on that belt the truth. The shoes. I love the way he puts this. He says, And your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Have you ever had unfitted shoes? That is one of the most uncomfortable things in the world, isn't it? To be wearing shoes that are too small. Or maybe even, you know, as, as bad, shoes that are too big. You know, you feel like you're wearing skis, you know. Uh, and, you know, you're like, wow, my, my feet aren't this big. You need your feet fitted. Make sure those shoes fit. You're going to be in those shoes for a long time as a soldier. And he says these shoes, he says get your feet fitted with the readiness. The quality here is readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. So if you're talking about the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, it'd be the shoes of readiness. Readiness. Now, truth, righteousness, we're like, okay, I get truth, righteousness, that's important. Readiness. Why is readiness such a big deal? Well, if you think of readiness, maybe another word you could use would be readiness or eagerness. Remember, all this is in the context 
of how do you keep your life from being destroyed by Satan? You'd be de- devoted to truth. The belt of truth, right? Yeah. In this one, you're, you're devoted to readiness. You're devoted to eagerness. Being ready. Let me ask you a question here. Were you ready to come to church today? Now you're here, and that's commendable. But were you ready? You know, I, I tell you, I love this time of year because this time of year uh, in, in my, my life background, uh, that wrestling is coming to you know the state tournament and, and, and uh, the high schools and the, the national tournament for the colleges a little bit a couple weeks later and all that. And, and you know what happens in a wrestling match if, if you get out on the mat and you shake hands and you're not ready? Not, not good things. <laughs> okay, you, you got to get ready. You understand what I'm saying? And we know that. All of us, if you think back to our school years, you know, the awful feeling of sitting in the, in the classroom... And, and uh, not being ready for a test that you're about ready to take and you know it? Is that not an awful feeling? A gut-wrenching feeling? Hopefully our teenagers down here aren't having that feeling. It's just like, oh, God. This is going to be bad. This is going to be awful. This is going to be ugly. And you know because you're not ready. You know what I mean? On the other hand, when you are ready in life, It's an entirely different feeling. Sitting in that classroom and you know you're ready. Come on. Bring it. You're fired up. You're ready. You know what it's like to be ready to come to church? Instead of dragging in 15 minutes late, you were there early. You know what I'm saying? I heard a slight groan when I said that. (laughs) Because some of you, a lot of you, weren't here at 10 o'clock. You were late. You know what I'm saying? That's not a sign of readiness. That's not a sign of having your feet fitted. You're ready to go. Ready is that you've thought through a few things. Okay, I want to encourage this person. I want to build this person up. I want to be nice to this person, especially nice. Uh, we're going to reach out to them. Go find them in the fellowship. You know, you ever do that? Yeah. I need to find somebody. Yeah. Got to find someone. You know, you're ready, and 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 it's your approach to life is ready. This is in the context, guys, of the armor of God. You say, well, what? Marty, you're just banging on this and it's not that big a deal. I beg to differ. Paul includes this as part of the things that he says are going to make you prepared to not fall into Satan's trap. You've got to get the readiness down. Got a great passage for that. Look over to Isaiah 6. Man, i got to go. I'm, I'm wasting time here. Isaiah 6. 
Uh, I'm not going to read all this because we don't have time, but Isaiah, this is his calling. And he has this unbelievable experience beginning in verse 1. And, and he hears and sees these things in a vision from God. And then uh, uh, in verse 8 it says, Then I heard a voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and whom shall I go? And I said, Here am I, send me. This guy's ready, isn't he? Here am I, send me. You know what our attitude is sometimes? Here am I, send him. Because <laughs> I'm not ready. I wish I was, but I'm not. Well, instead of wishing you were, why don't you get ready? You understand what I'm saying? And that readiness and that eagerness is a big part of life. Okay, so we've looked at the belt, the shoes, and we're going to look at the sword, right? The sword is the last one. Uh, you know what? Why is it important to have a sword? Because you're defenseless if you don't have one. You're going to get killed. 